0: Be talking about everything across the Spider-Verse. This is the greatest Spider-Man movie ever, objectively.
1: It's made me sort of change my mindset a bit on is there actually Superhero Fatigue or not. And it's yeah. just like... No amount of Spider-Man, uh, knowledge or experience, like, pr- prepared me for the way it ended. Uh, Spider-Punk as well, absolutely. Oh my loved. god. Obi Brown. Obi Obi Brown. More man like Miles, You're me? <laughs> different parts of his body being animated at different frame rates worked. He's such a chaotic
0: character, yeah. I loved it. I also like the fact that Miles completely subverts the expectation of, oh, well, it's not canon because this movie is 100% a commentary on racist fans who don't like Miles as a character. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> You know, like, 100% it was. Oh, the current Cody Zegler Miles run is fantastic, bro. I highly recommend you read it. It's so good. Hey, what is up, guys? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Zan. I'm Ollie. And we... Uh, the... Invincible Invincibles. Boom, guys. So me and ollie we were just talking right now before uh we started recording about across the spider-verse and Mm -hmm. you know i just figured let's just record and get into the conversation instead Mm -hmm. of just talking between us two and not have anything to say (laughs) (laughs) so let's get get, jump into it also spoiler warning we're going to be talking about everything across the spider-verse we're going to be spoiling the movie for you and i want to be as objective as possible when, when i'm Talking about this movie because we all know I love Spider-Man. You guys have seen the episodes, you guys have seen the Instagram posted the TikTok reels. Thank you for the support, by the way. It's awesome. Great relief. Really appreciate you guys. But um <laughs> I mean, my whole wall right here is Spider-Man, you know, and half of them uh, are miles. They're not even Peter.
1: I've got, got a few Spider-Man steel books, as you can kind of see here. Uh three of two of them are both No Way Home. Got home Uh yeah, so.
0: <laughs> so 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 we love spider-man that's what we love it (laughs) we love it so trying to be objective the objective truth is this is the greatest spider-man movie ever objectively like i'm not trying to be super screamy fanboy here i'm just being honest the level of the writing and the creation the the creative direction the love put into this movie the 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 editing and just the work ethic just just Mm -hmm. the relentless storytelling like the grand epic scope of the movie i mean objectively it's just awesome so um but we will be talking everything about this film so uh please uh, do not watch this episode uh if you haven't seen the movie but (laughs) if you still want to watch just because of us we appreciate it um bro so across the spider-verse honestly like i think this movie truly is saving superhero cinema like, like y- mm-hmm. y- you, know, you know what I mean. Like, it, it's it.
1: it like, made go me go think. On. It made me think. I don't. Is is there actually superhero fatigue, or are we just getting a bunch of shit superhero movies recently? Like, because when a good one comes along, like we've seen with Guardians of the Galaxy, like we've seen with Across the Spider Verse, we get excited. Right. So it's not. I don't think superhero fatigue is a thing. I think superhero movies may have just fallen into a trap of um, being made in sort of a lazy way and becoming, you know, a bit too derivative. So, but when we get good ones, it's great. So it's made me sort of change my mindset a bit on is there actually superhero fatigue or not?
0: I think also names attached is big, right? So like Mm -hmm. um, to kind of throw it back a little bit back in time, not that far off, but like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, I think a large part of what kind of garnered that success and that popularity on top of the fact that the bat of the Batman character is Christopher Nolan's name attached to it. Yeah. Like I, like the fact that Christopher Nolan was writing, directing his cinematography, his people were specifically working on this movie, his favorite actors that he's had working relationships for years or working on those movies there was an element of people were excited about the potential product, right? Yeah. And so there was this element of, he's going to make a good movie out of a comic book IP. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what does that say about your perception of comic books then, right? For far too long, people have thought that they're subpar to film and that's so annoying. And I think that's what makes Across the Spider-Verse so incredible is the fact that it does truly honor And it does truly love and appreciate the fact that this is a comic book medium. Yes. Spider-Man started from comic books. People love the character because of comic books. The comic book aesthetic is also used in video games. It is super popular in branding now. So Mm -hmm. this movie was not trying to make a successful character and make it out of a comic book, you know, product, so to speak. This movie was like, we're going to make the greatest comic movie ever. (laughs) if not the greatest but definitely up there just visually alone and then create an engaging story right with the characters right with the with the the character beats with the motivations the heart behind it the messaging the the conflict it just felt earnest it felt really really earnest and I think uh, the film's grand epic scope of the you know of the events that are happening, and where they're literally going, and the set pieces that are happening action-wise, and how the animation is truly throwing you in. Like, the scene, spoiler alert, when Miguel opened the portal at the real beginning, with the paper vulture, and it's just like, and he's just like kind of staring, or, you know, kind of like that, at, you know, Spider-Gwen or whatever, and he's, like, moving in slow-mo, and the neon red is, like, streaked because he's moving so fast, and, like, Just that sound alone and his motivations. I mean, the movie took itself seriously. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The movie took itself very seriously and it didn't let the preconceived notion of, oh, well, it's animation. It's for kids. Detract from its potential to be just as intense and serious as a live action movie. Like I never once when I watched this movie that I ever feel insulted. Like my intelligence is insulted. Like Mm. this is so brain dead humor. You know, I never felt cringed. No, and I never felt bored. This movie felt like an animated movie that really is for adults, but kids will also love. And, yeah, and that's what I like. I just can't say enough good things about it. And I think, <laughs> like you know, before I web it over to you, like yeah. I think the fact that this kind of follows Miles Morales just natural progression, uh, as as an individual, and combining that with the Spider Verse is what makes this story. All the more heartfelt because Miles feels like, and this is I can relate to this so much personally, is Miles feels like everybody's always trying to tell him what to do. So guidance counselors, parents, friends, society, um, expectations, everybody's always trying to tell him he has to be Miles Morales in their specific specific way and in their specific process, without allowing him to actually test the waters and take a leap of faith himself, right? Mm-hmm. So he never feels like he's living his own life. And then the one avenue where he has to kind of escape that the spider verse, right. Miguel is doing the same thing. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And literally preventing him from saving his dad on the possibility that it could cause like a catastrophic, the black hole event. I forget what it was, the cannon events. Yeah. Um, uh, stop those from happening. Like it started happening in the, you know, Pav's, you know, and like you know, the yes, black hole sort of absorbing everything. You don't know that for Miles because he's his universe is an abnormality. It it was pure luck versus the others, it was destiny. His was pure probability luck. So you can't really predict that it's possible the same ending could happen, but you know, I thought their motivations were earnest and it felt heartfelt, and you get where you got where Miguel was coming from, kind of like you would get where an overbearing parent is coming from and so miles feels this pressure and this anxiety and everybody's constantly trying to keep pushing him in and you know he just at one point he was like i'm gonna do my own thing and you're gonna watch me do it and i will succeed at it and there's nothing you can do to stop me and this movie turned him from a soft nice-hearted kid to a young man that's gonna do his own thing Mm -hmm. because he believes in himself and he has the work ethic to do it And he's tired of people taking his destiny from him. He's tired of people expecting stuff of him. He's tired of people pushing him in boxes and placing him in areas where he doesn't fit, where he doesn't belong and not allowing him to be happy. This movie, Miles was like, damn, all of that. I'm going to do my own thing. Like what he told Miguel, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. That to me is very inspiring, bro. Mm -hmm. Like just on a personal level, like, like, you know, like me, bro, like, (laughs) Like, like when I got out of the movie, I was like, this was like therapy in a way. Like, I'm going <laughs> like, to do my own thing. Like, I got to stop. I got to stop telling people what they expect of me or what I have to do or I'm a failure or this, that. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Shamik Moore and shout out to to the writers and the creators and shout out to Across the Spider-Verse for for, for for giving me the uh the the hope the spark of hope that I can do my own thing and I don't need to be put in a box and I don't need to be on anybody else's timetables. I can do my own thing. Miles yes. when he jumped off of that high speed train, that's kind of what I'm doing now, emotionally and mm. mentally with my personal life. So
1: that yeah, that scene this, ten out of ten. That scene where he says, "Now I'm, I'm doing my own thing," but that. Uh, he, I, just I'm pre- prefacing this with I've always loved the character of Miles. I, I've always thought he's he's brilliant. But that scene where he says that it, it had a similar effect on on the way I perceived him as, uh, like No Way Home had on the Tom Holland's version of the character. That that No Way Home made me think, oh oh shit, Tom Holland he is Spider Man. And now this made me think miles morales he no he's spider-man he's Mm -hmm. the spider-man um that the animated miles morales in this universe it it might be one of my favorite versions of spider-man ever possibly Mm -hmm. after this film um and just where do i start (laughs) he's just an earnest character like there's not
0: a lot of crazy backstory with him he's yeah. If you think about it on paper, Miles is a pretty not average, but a pretty normal character. Yeah, not nothing crazy, and yet he still touches your heart, and he's still such a popular character. It's it's he's
1: earnest. He's yeah. earnest. And I as I as okay, I was, I'm gonna go back a bit and just talk about like the art of the film, the way it looks. It, they did it a bit in the first film, but they really. Did this a lot with the second one was how each person has you know has their own art style in whatever dimension they're from. The, the art style of Gwen's uh, universe, I thought was amazing. That was, it was always constantly changing. Then when she was getting really emotional, like the colors started like bleeding, and the background started running down the screen. I thought that was incredible. The way the the vulture vulture looked in the beginning, I thought that was very very cool, and uh spider punk as well absolutely oh my low. god hobie brown obie
0: Obi brown you Different.
1: <laughs> I, can't do Daniel that. I can't do that <laughs> no that you was secret. all right that wasn't a bad impression
0: <laughs> you, you know what i mean bro or or what do you say come off man like miles
1: <laughs> me, or like yeah like i hate, I, the, I AM. We... I hate the pm yeah. Double entendre I, H- hating the afternoon, but also hating the prime minister. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that. Different parts of his body being animated at different frame rates mm. worked. He's perfection. such a chaotic
0: character. Yeah. I loved it.
1: Ah, oh, so so good. Uh, and yeah, just the, the way it looked. And, um, and then I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but. Obviously, I, you're, you're the Spider-Man expert here at The Invincibles. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't say all of that, but thank you. I've been a Spider-Man like, nerd my whole life. He's like, you know, I've watched the film since I was like, what, two, three years old. No amount of Spider-Man uh, knowledge or experience like pr- prepared me for the way it ended. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, like we disc, I think we discussed it was either in the episode where we, where we discussed the trailer for Across Spider Verse, or where we discussed the yes. game. We talked about Salim, the possibility of an evil Miles, but we we never thought of the fact he could be the Prowler.
0: Yeah, I never.
1: I never... <laughs> so I get like. So let's
0: just jump into the ending. That's what we are we get it. The characters were great. Miguel was awesome. Oscar Isaac was incredible. Shamik were highly Steinfeld. Everybody was great in this movie. Fantastic job. We want to talk about the ending. So let's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just get into it. So everyone, which wants to, to hear me,
1: about.
0: <laughs> which to me also, I, I truly think this is this generation's "I am your father."
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: I, I i think it is if we're going off of popularity i'm not or, or not popularity. if we're going off of um quality mm. i'm not saying popularity because i mean end game infinity warp it, it, there's it's just a bigger pop culture stamp sure but if we're going off of popularity alone and quality and especially if you're a spider-man fan yeah this ending is the greatest ending ever and let me break it down it was the execution it's it's how they executed it you know not to be toxic and bring up movies we don't like because i'm sure people associated with them are tired of hearing about it and i get it um you know like thor love and thunder you could tell the movie didn't take itself seriously i knew you were because, gonna say that <laughs> you know like and, and i get like i felt bad i feel bad saying this because even chris hemsworth was like i was just having fun on set man and i didn't realize the movie was that bad like what he didn't say it was bad he said he was that silly um but, you know, so I don't want to, like, dunk on the guy. I don't want to dunk on them. It I I can tell that the Ragnarok or the Love and Thunder set knows that, yeah, people don't like us. And I don't want to be, you know, a, a Star Wars theory and dunk on them even more. You know what I mean? So, like, um, but, but I will say the writers and, you know, they just didn't take the movie seriously. So when you don't take your character seriously and you don't take the story seriously and it's all just laughs, to be laughed at, not laughed with, why would we actually have any emotional investment?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you're just a meme. Yeah. And so, you know, it becomes very hard to watch a lot of these recent MCU products, bro. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I'm not trying to be a toxic MCU hater, but I think what this movie across the Spider-Verse has shown now is MCU is not Marvel. MCU is an interpretation of Marvel. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you you, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. an interpretation of Marvel's. So across the Spider-Verse even though it's kind of connected in the greater MCU universe, you know, I still think that they they just did a better job with the Spider-Man character. And I know we were talking about the ending, but I think they've done a better job with the Spider-Man character with all due respect to Tom Holland because I love No Way Home. And I, I think Tom Holland is my favorite live action Spider-Man. Um, but I think the movies just played too much on the Kitty Avengers aspect too, too much. And I think that's where across the Spider-Verse and into the Spider-Verse, these Miles films have really shown because it it brings the focus down on just telling an engaging story about a brand new character versus how do we reinvent a classic character into the MCU? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to work with those parameters. So that's why I kind of enjoyed these movies more. And so to say, you know, why I bring up the MCU thing is because the MCU for unfortunately has kind of interpreted a lot of what happened in Marvel comics as, you know, make it a jokey version of it so that more people can laugh. So it's not that dark across the Spider-Verse, or the Spider-Verse films, have no problem going very, very dark. Like, look at yeah. the spots, you know? Like, I haven't even talked about the spot, but, like, look at the, look at the spot, you know, what happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how he was violently ripped apart. You know? Uh, and the first movie, they straight-up showed murder. Like, they showed Kingpin kill Peter Parker. They didn't imply it. They showed it.
1: Yeah, in it animation. brutally.
0: Uh, like, very brutally. So, that's what that's what I mean, is, like... it's because they took the character of Spider-Man serious. They took the story serious. They weren't going to try to interpret it to make it more general audience friendly. They were like, we're going to tell a good Spider-Man story, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's why you could tell, like, you know, when they make these events so grand and so epic, like they've done, like the Nueva York chase scene, like the reveal where Miles, like that spider that bit Miles was from another universe. I was like, that's incredible. Like, that is such good writing. Yeah. <laughs> that is such good writing. And that that also differentiates Miles Spider-Verse from Insomniac. Yes. Which I think is important. So I think like overall, it's just the movie just took such huge grand strides to subvert expectations while also giving you such an epic scale. Well, last year I should have done that. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, like last year I would be, you know, received a lot better if they did subvert expectations, but also be epic. Like Spider Verse subverted expectations and was also epic.
1: So I think you know the just because they these films take so long to make and the so how much care goes into them, they they've been planning the whole story arc for well it's gonna be close to a decade because. Into across into Spider Verse was twenty eighteen. That you know they would have started the planning for that around 2013-2014 what 20, 13, So mm-hmm. it's nearly a decade of these films being in the works, and they've had the whole story because the little little thing things that happened in this film, little hints of them were in Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, when Miles uh, when his spider sense goes off for the first time, yeah, and the yes. color changes yes. from the Prowler colors to the Spider Man colors you know, they've been dropping hints all the way and the number on the back of the spider being 42. Mm. From like Earth 42 or something like that. Mm -hmm.
0: And also uh, 42 is the number of issues for the original Miles Morales run. Oh, that's good. 42, 42 is a special number for the Miles Morales character. That's good. That's a nice touch. So like... (laughs) <laughs> that, that's why that, that's why i love it but um i think so going back to the ending i love the ending because it leveled it leveled up mm-hmm. right so into the spider-verse it really was a coming-of-age story about miles about finding yourself but telling it in a, such an original visually uh, dazzling way while also making stuff completely original from the comic book side you know it was like watching a comic book comic book come to life and while also not forgetting that this is it's not just a comic book movie it's a movie about growing up combining the both of them and especially when you have brilliant scenes like the you know leap of faith like what's up danger you you really feel the weight behind the awesome comic book moments Mm -hmm. there's heart behind the comic book craze mania awesome sequences right yeah so the first movie it ended on a very positive note right anybody can wear the mask blah 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 right And Miles has come into his own. You go from Peter Parker dying to, you know, the other Peter rekindling stuff with Mary Jane and him finding peace. Like Miles growing up and finding himself helped a lot of people. It was inspiring. So it was very hopeful. It was very, you know, like a go get him Spider-Man. And it was just original. It was awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. This movie was like, yeah, but we're going to be dark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like that opening sequence with Miguel, like the characters, bro. Like Miguel was such an awesome antagonist um, yes. i thought he was Mortland for the longest time because of just how antagonistic he was to miles and how he kind of looked vampiric but i think i think they just did a good job which sh- showing that you can have two heroes clash without one of them having to be evil or turn to the dark side or whatever so mm-hmm. i think yeah i thought their characterization of miguel was awesome he wasn't entirely wrong but he was in the wrong in my opinion yeah um, Miles, his suit was awesome. Miles' character was awesome. The family dynamic, Rio. Um, you know, Rio and Jefferson, they were fantastic in this film. Um, you know, Gwen Stacy, the opening sequence of it being Gwen Stacy's and her saying, you know, this is how Miles like left me or something like that. Or, or no, like Miles doesn't want to see me anymore. She said, but now Miles is gone. She said something like that. I've only yeah. seen the movie once so I have to see it again. But she said like, oh, well, Miles is gone while she's doing the drummer set. So there was this foreboding sense of doom. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? There was this sense of like what's going to happen in this film then? And then when you up it with jessica drew miguel o'hara and his entrance uh you know the musical score miles the direction of miles and his character of him going from i'm not sure to when he told peter b parker we can run it back let's run it back i'm like oh okay like he went he's about it he wants to throw hands like he's about it so i think like he was very assertive in this film and very confident in finding himself like i I (laughs) love to see a miles that is dominant and is confident and isn't as, you know, geeky as Peter, but still just as intelligent. He isn't as awkward as Peter. Miles is, Mm. he feels confident in his skin. I like that. And, um, I also like the fact that Miles completely subverts the expectation of, oh, well, it's not canon, because this movie is 100% a commentary on racist fans who don't like Miles as a character. (laughs) And, um, you know, like 100% it was, but I thought like, so going back to the ending, um, it was very intense because the buildup was Miguel, Miles, all the spider people chasing him. It's like a constant adrenaline rush, right? And Miles, that epic scene where he blasts Miguel out of the way, jumps off. And then the scene where he's like about to be transported home and spider bite and Miles are just staring at each other. And Miles like, "What are you gonna do?" And Spider Bite puts her thumb away, and Miguel screams, "No!" And then Miles puts on his mask and goes away. I was like, "Ha ha ha ha! Suck it, Miguel!" But then, but then he freaking like sent Gwen back home, and that was villainous, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Damn, Miguel is cold," but I like that he's a hero, but he's not a nice guy. Yes. I like he that. is a dick he 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 is a tony stark but way more aggressive i feel
1: like a nick fury i'd say
0: yes yes but mm-hmm. not as i feel like nick fury has an element of like he'll try to soften the blow a bit but he'll still be direct versus miguel is like you suck you're terrible you're <laughs> horrible miguel is like gordon ramsay of the spider people <laughs> he really is he really is um but I say all of this. I say that buildup be- was so intense because of characters like Obi Brown, which is awesome. I loved how he was a big brother to Miles, and he was such a fan of Miles. There wasn't this weird, awkward tension. Obi mm-hmm. was like, "I was so mate. Like, what you doing in it? Like, uh, you know, just uh, how you doing, lad? Like, oh my God, I'm doing such a horrible British." <laughs> but, but you know, bro, I'm saying, man, I wish I was British. <sighs> but um,
1: oh, not not at the moment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, not right now. But I'm just saying it'd be cool to have that accent, man. Like, but yeah, <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, no, Hobie was great. Um, Pav was great. Jessica Drew was great. Miguel was awesome. The family dynamic. So because those characters were so well-written, Gwen and her, how it was really a movie from her perspective, but it was Miles' movie. I thought that was awesome. Uh, so setting the stage for that foreboding sense of doom, you really kind of uh, realize that you're in for an experience and the movie was so grand and epic and it took itself seriously. You were forced to be enthralled in it and you love it, you know? Yeah. I wish a lot of the MC movies did that with the ending though. Right. He's in the universe and everything. There's a sense of doom because the color scheme is black, red, and green mm-hmm. and in New York and there's lightning happening and there's run down buildings. I'm like, this is not Brooklyn front. Like what's going on here? Like, are you home? Like, are you whatever? He goes home. There's a boxing bag in his room. There's tape on his walls. I'm like, this isn't your room. Rio's in there. And she's like, her hair is different, you know, green eyes. I'm like, this is not your universe, bro. Evil miles, evil miles. And then when, you know, he gets jumped by uncle Aaron and evil miles and he, you know, same situation as Peter B Parker with the bags. I thought, you know, Uncle Aaron like punched Miles's brains off. By the way, like in that one sequence, I was like, "Oh,
1: yeah." And then is he just killed him? Oh, I, I for yeah. a split second I thought, "Wait, is he dead?"
0: <laughs> I was like, "That's how you end it." Yeah, <laughs> God, like, you know. Um, so, but thank God, no. But then you see Miles, and this is why the ending is so brilliant because Miles's worst fears are realized. Because he was so scared of the Prowler for so long, and he was so scared of not letting anybody down and not being a villain and just being a good dude. So to see another version of himself be the Prowler, it's like the version of you that has made all of the mistakes you wish you didn't. All of your worst experiences are staring right you right in your face. That was the personification of Evil Miles, in my opinion. Especially when his dad is dead in this universe, so that's another fear of his. That's what he's mm-hmm. literally trying to avoid. So, you know, Miles, he was supposed to be the Spider-Man in that universe. If you notice the spot's origins, Miles with the, you know, the braids, he was drawing, the spider was on his hand. But then it got portaled to Earth 1610, where it bit our Miles. Yeah. So that Miles was supposed to be Spider-Man. And so that, like, realization just hit him. And then this, he sounds different. He has swag. He has all black with pink, the prowler suit. It was intense too. Like on J. Jonah Jameson, he said, you know, members of the Sinister Six cartel have been, you know, killed. or something."
1: Cartel, making the Sinister Six a a cartel. That's cool. That is a nice touch.
0: I I think this, I I don't think this is an evil version of Miles. I think he's an anti-hero. I think he's a badass version of Miles. I think he, using the prowler suit from Uncle Aaron, is killing members of the Sinister Six, because oh. they killed Jefferson Davis. Yeah, and probably oh, it's good. an Alfred Bruce Wayne dynamic, probably because maybe <laughs> no, because maybe Aaron is like, you gotta stop, kid. Like you gotta stop the bloodshed. But this version of Miles is bloodthirsty. He is like revenge seeking. Completely mm-hmm. a different version of our Miles, you know. But is he that different? Because they're so similar too. So it's like Miles is just staring at so much intensity and then that's how you end the movie. He's, he's thinking
1: he's... as well, he's like if that spider had stayed in this universe, this would be me. This would be me in my home universe. My dad, He. he, he yeah, he'd, he'd already be dead.
0: And it's just such a dark realization. Yeah. <laughs> And and just, like, the whole scene was just cinematically just done so well. Like, he's Aaron's like, I'm not Miles or I'm not the Prowler. And he turns him around, and you see somebody on the rafters, you know, and, you know, the Prowler stuff. But the suit was very sleeked up. It was very sick. Uh, it wasn't as bulky as Aaron's suit. Yeah. And he's just walking. You see the Air Force, you know, you see the Jordans. Not the Air Force ones. You see the Jordans. <laughs> you hear this about the Sinister Six Cartel. You know he throws Aaron throws the glove he catches it puts it on you know and then he's you know he he t- talks to Miles and he's like you your is your dad still alive huh and Miles is like who are you he tur- his mask goes away and then you know the other Miles is like I'm Miles Morales but he says it with like a like a heavy Spanish accent Miles is like I have to get home you know my dad our dad's gonna die and he says your dad so instantly yeah. you're like. This version of Miles is not going to be one to be helpful. And he also, like, our Miles has always looked, like, friendly and, you know, calm and warm. This Miles was cold in the eyes. Like, he looked, (laughs) like, menacing, dude. Like, he's just staring at Miles, and he's trying to intimidate him with the fist just right there. And then Gwen is, you know, preparing the other Spider-People to get him, and then the movie ends. Yeah, that, and this movie is getting delayed also, by the way. It has to be, like, they're going to be working on it. It's not coming out next year. I can guarantee you. But I'm okay with that. You know, take your time. Yeah. I just think, you know, all that's feel that I was saying. The first one was very happy movie that inspired, happy ending that inspired you. This ending builds up the character you love, characters that you love, and you have more of an attachment to them and then drops them in the worst situation. And then they're like, wait. So you're like, wait, no, 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 no. And because of that, that's why to me, this is the greatest ending to a Spider-Man movie
1: ever. I think it's it's the it's the best in a lot of categories. So for me it's the best Spider-Man film. Also probably the best comic book film, but also the best part one of any film I've ever seen. Uh because first time I said that to someone, they said, Oh, what about Infinity War? I was like, yeah, Infinity War was obviously incredible, but we all knew what was going to happen. Right, right, right. Everyone predicted it's going to end with the snap, We we all knew what was going to happen in that film. We had no clue, really, how this film was going to go. No one predicted that ending at all. And just the impact of that ending, the sh- the surprise of it, the shock of it, uh, the effect it had on Miles... It yeah it nothing no part one of a film has left me on a cliffhanger like that best cliffhanger in a comic book film best part one I've ever seen not just in comic book films uh and one of the best um yeah just one of the best most enjoyable experience of experiences I've had watching a film because I didn't watch the trailers too much. I just watched each trailer like once or twice, maybe. Um, so I, you know, I fully enjoyed it. Was immersed in it, and it, it, it's what two hours, sixteen minutes, something like that. I, it felt so yeah. much faster because you're so invested. It did. Uh, and it's a it's a whirlwind of a movie. It's so intense. Um, I love. I love the fact that uh, Miguel O'Hara as well is now being introduced to sort of the mainstream in a way, Yeah, because he's such a, a great character, and by the way, I, I didn't notice this when I was watching the film, but I saw uh, an image on Twitter. You can see, apparently, his uh, his white costume being, like, built in the background of one of the shots.
0: Mm, the white and pink? Oh, man. So we'll probably that get to see that been...
1: beyond the Spider-Verse, maybe. Uh, he
0: has to come back. Yeah, he's got to come back. Yeah, I need more Spidey twenty ninety nine.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. And it was also, I think it had it was ballsy as well, because the MCU Spider Man up until No Way Home didn't take a lot of risks. It was, you know, it was no. great. I don't have, I don't really have any any problems with those films. I loved them, but this film took a lot of, of risk because they know Spider-Man is like the ultimate sort of kid, uh, you know, toy seller and stuff like that. Loads of kids will see this film. They weren't, af- like you said, they made it dark. They weren't afraid to go to those dark places with the characters, which you've got to respect. Um, but just that sort of leads me into a point about the Spider-Man brand. The Spider-Man brand is like, it really is massive yeah and it's it's bigger than sports teams yeah the the fact that they're using the spider-man brand uh, to sort of show as well the capabilities of animation what animation can truly do at the highest level and the fact they got by the way they got that little 14 year old kid who edited the trailer in lego to edit the lego mm-hmm. sequence in the film mm-hmm. perfect
0: perfect but uh, i hope he was paid I hope yes. you paid him. <laughs>
1: pay your animators. I hope.
0: <laughs> you paid them. Pay him. You better not have just sent him a free movie pass or something. Pay him. <laughs> Give him a job in the future. You know, pay, that. pay our animators, man. When
1: he goes to university and he like, you know, he does like a personal statement or whatever. He can put, oh, like if he does st- studies animation at university, what's your experience? Oh yeah, Pr- the best best animated film of all time. Yeah, that he animated the sequence in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, he, uh, he, he earned that. He earned that. Another thing about how big the Spider-Man brand is that this isn't sort of related to the film. I just noticed this the other day. I was on the Lego shop website as I do because I love wasting my money on Lego. <laughs> uh You can like sort the the sets by theme, and you know like Lego Friends, Lego City, Lego Star Wars, Lego Marvel, and then Uh, lego spider-man and i think lego batman might be the only other one where it's like just the they've got a whole category just for one character rather than the the brand that they're a part of um and miles is now at the forefront of the spider-man brand which is brilliant because he's only existed for just over a decade (laughs) i love it and he is spider-man now he's not just Miles Morales he is Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's he's and you want know to you want to know what makes him different in my opinion from Miles or Peter or from Peter or Miguel mm-hmm. um going off of the movie uh well no I shouldn't I'm not going to cap I'm not going to lie to our audience. I've never read Miguel or Hera comics Spider-Man 2099. My only experience is the video game Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time. So mm-hmm. if I'm not that and accurate with Spider Man 2099. I apologize, but I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I never read his comics, so I don't know anything about his characterization. I only know uh the video game or or the movies, but oh, they I need will say by, about... by the
1: way, just touching on Edge of Time, they need to replicate the moment from that where Spider Man says, Well, Miguel, I can't remember, Miguel's about to, I can't remember what he's about to do. He's about to do something uh, a bit sort of not exactly in line with the Spider Man morals. And then Peter says to him, if you do that, you're not Spider-Man. Spider-Man does not do that. You don't know the first thing about being Spider-Man if you're willing to do that. I hope there's a moment like that, but with Peter B. Parker.
0: Miles, if if Peter is Captain America, Miguel O'Hara is Tony Stark. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. That's my understanding, my very limited understanding of Miguel O'Hara as a character. If I'm wrong, yo, educate us. We'd love to learn more about our characters, man. But um, yeah, no. I just talking about Peter. Uh, Peter is a dude who had a lot of shit thrown his way. Man, he had a tough life growing up. Um, growing up, he yeah, he was picked on, but he also had a lot of incel tendencies. He was picked on because he did a lot of weirdo stuff. He felt like he deserved attention, that he deserved praise, that he deserved the world just worshiping him. And when he got powers to actually make his life a little bit better, that's what he. Chose right being famous from pro wrestling, and it wasn't until Uncle Ben's loss to where he had this constant, you know, guilt and this constant like anger towards what he did, right? But it's not like a psychological, like something's wrong with him, like a Bruce Wayne thing with Peter. It's more of the fact that he knew better and he <laughs> still did wrong, so he's embarrassed about that. So there is this element of Mm self-criticism and that i feel like people especially us as you know podcasters we doubt ourselves sometimes so struggling with self-confidence that's something that peter has kind of had his whole life but he was still willing to meet those adversities he wasn't a pushover um he was a he was a regular dude a a regular dude who had a lot of stuff thrown his way but he always found a way to overcome it he's an inspirational figure I, i would say peter is an inspirational figure but miles what differentiates him, especially through this movie, is he's a kid or he's an individual that wants to chase his dreams. He wants to be as great as he can be. For him, with great power comes great responsibility. It's also a great responsibility to yourself to be great. Mm-hmm. Versus with Peter, it was like Uncle Ben because of Uncle Ben. With him, it was more of like a Peter's driven more by the love of people and the love around him. You know, that's why Uncle Ben's death hits him so hard, because innately he's a people person. Miles is too, but because he didn't have a lot of the trauma that Peter did, he doesn't have such a, a callous view of the world, so he's more level-headed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he's boring as, you know, compared to Across the Spider-Verse. Now, I say he doesn't have that trauma and stuff compared to to, talking about the movie specifically. In The comics, he had a lot of trauma. Uncle Aaron was a horrible dude. Scorpion was a cartel mafia hitman. No, Miles had a lot of trauma in the comics. Venom murdering his mom or technically the cops shooting at Venom, murdering his mom. Uh, You know, he had a lot of trauma in the comics. But I'm just talking specifically about the movies. They kind of subvert the you have to have dark shit happen to you for you to be a valuable character. Mm-hmm. I love that. I because we don't have to have bad stuff happen to us for us to be great. Yeah, and that is what the mile the character of Miles Morales proves is you can be great on your own. You 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 can be him. You know
1: you can you, you, do your own
0: thing. You can do your own thing. You don't need a Disney sob story for you to do your own thing. Yeah. That's what I love about this character. And, and I'm not saying sob story to like dismiss anybody. I'm just saying that's a trope that happens all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: Parents died. This person died. You know, I I got a disease. This There's always something dark that happens. Like, I like how this movie is like, you can be a hero and just be a normal dude. That's something that I feel like we've missed. That's something that Superman is is miles mm. brings a lot of that energy here so so I, so i appreciate that i think miles is the defender of spider-man because i have just enjoyed his stories more recently sorry yeah like to me i look at it as a team player right like you know mm. let's say if you're a fan of liverpool right steven gerrard might be your favorite player of all time but what if i don't know like uh they sign erling holland and he wins way more champions league yeah. and everything like that then he's
1: gonna be your favorite player it's for different it's that, different right? generations, isn't it? Like this for this generation that's growing up now, Miles might end up being their definitive Spider-Man when they ask them, like, "What you know who's Spider-Man that they, that they, they'll like picture Miles Morales, probably, mm. right? Um, especially if they bring him into live action, which the and he just has seems like character. a plan to do, yeah." Yeah,
0: he he just has he just he's he just has cooler powers. I'm sorry, but bioelectricity, invisibility, <laughs> like the only thing Miles is missing is a diff. Like and the comics is like villains, like new villains, which they're fixing right now. They're they're adding new villains right now. The current Cody zegler Miles run is fantastic, bro. I highly recommend you read it. It's so good. Uh, um, the,
1: the costume, the, the costumes that he's had in in the recent sort of year or two in the comics. Fire,
0: he's never missed, yeah. <laughs> he has never missed, bro. The the, the costumes in Spider Man 2 Miles is getting a Ghost of Tsushima ninja
1: suit. Did you see that with the cape? Yeah, and there's different color variations of it as well. Yeah, like, pff, bro, bro, let me tell you, man. Like, we I'm need so a full episode on that soon, by the way, because it's what, yeah. was it four months till it comes I, out? That's oh, still yeah. a while, but. <laughs> My, well, my, I'm about to get as jacked as
0: Spider Man in four months, bro. That's my goal. Like, I'm about to get super jacked. And then on that episode of the podcast, bro, on Invincibles, episode 30 something, whatever. It is. <laughs> well, no, not 30, way more than 30. Um,
1: we'll I'll work it my, out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll have my Miles suit, you know. And Oh,
1: when know, we do that episode, if we both get the collector's edition, we need the Spider Man uh, Venom sort of statue in the background. Mm-hmm both yeah,
0: of our shots yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want it and I really hope our theory about a superior Spider-Man at the end happens because it needs to because also then you could throw down and throw it back you know, uh, you know to Spider-Man 1 the conflict of Otto versus Norman is reborn with superior Spider-Man versus Green Goblin
1: mm. oh yes oh yeah wow oh that's amazing
0: I think that is a clip. I think,
1: that's <laughs> a clip. yeah. And watch I, out for that coming I, on TikTok Ollie, in a few days. Ali, <laughs> I
0: swear to God, I, I swear to God, bro, I just came up with that right now, bro. I I haven't seen like, well, lucky, I haven't seen that anywhere. Like, I'm not. Yes. And I'm
1: not. Talk, talk to me about it now. What? How should that happen? How should that play out? And and Spider Man three? Yes, in spi- just the yeah the conflict between a. Otto, a Spider-Man controlled by Otto and Green Goblin. How how would you have that play out?
0: Well, Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man Two. The, so we're going with the premise of our theory, which is yeah. Peter gets comatose because of Venom. Miles goes to Otto to help him out and mind swap and and everything like that. Well, one you need to have the perception that Peter's still in there. So think get out. You know, like when Daniel Kaluuya was in the sunken place and he couldn't really move and he was having an out-of-body experience but you know his uh um people you know like the army family like the white people the they, they were like controlling him like you know everything like that. not controlling him but they were like you know he couldn't move so they were like carrying him and stuff like that um there needs to be an element of that if you're going to do superior spider-man because peter is trapped in there right so there isn't like uh with this premise, you also got to understand there isn't a body that Otto can go back to, because mm-hmm. in the comics and Insomniac can do their own thing. Like for example, Eddie Brock is not in this game reportedly, just like how Jason Todd was on Arkham Knight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, but uh, but no, I mean, I'll believe him. Like Eddie Brock isn't in this game. It's probably Harry. Um, yeah. But but I think uh, where where I was going with that is. Otto needs to have a situation where he needs, like, yeah, he wants to take Peter's body, but there's also an element of he needs that. So maybe his body has decayed to the point where he can only communicate, like, through, you know, like a computer's in his brain and it types out his words or something. Um, that There needs to be a situation where you kind of feel pity for Otto and horror for Otto. And considering how dark they're going with this game, having Tony Todd's Venom, you could kind of do that. You know, a scene where Otto is completely like just he can't move or whatever. So I say that to say there needs to be a physical reason, in my opinion, something that's palpable that we feel and relate to Otto for him to take over Peter's body. That way that there is a clash of emotions that we have within us. So. In terms of that dynamic, Peter needs to be trapped. Essentially, why that is important is because now as peter parker otto is doing a lot more darker things like killing people and i know people might say oh well how is that any different than the black suit you got to keep in mind peter rips off the black suit and and comics or in this game miles is probably going to get it off him mm-hmm. i don't think the black suit is going to be mild or i don't I think if the Venom symbiote tried, it couldn't take over Miles because of the bioelectricity. So it probably just wants to stay away from him. So I think that Miles Miles is probably going to get the suit off of him. You know what I mean? Most likely. Mm -hmm. And then you have a character that's like, I could have gone to the dark side, so to speak. I could have gone all the way. I was very close, but I, I didn't. Now Peter's trapped And his worst realizations are coming to life, what he was about to do. Otto's now doing fully as the superior Spider-Man. Yeah. But it would have to be suave. You can't have a situation where Peter is being reckless and being a total douche to everybody he loves again. Because you're already doing that in this game. So in this case, maybe be a bit more creepy with it. Like he has a completely different facade you know what I'm saying, around others. Like, he's playing people because he's Otto, you know? Yeah. But then behind back doors, he's Otto Octavius is doing his own thing. So you, I guess what I'm saying is the conflict that I... I it has to completely depend on how Spider-Man 2 is doing it because you, ha- you can't copy this game because this game is... What Across the Spider-Verse is, to me, like, the greatest Spider-Man movie ever because of just how epic and grand and dark it was, that's gonna be the same in Spider-Man 2 in my opinion yeah so you gotta you can't copy that you, you gotta do your own thing so that's the dynamic with Otto and Peter now how that connects to Norman honestly I think it would be kind of dark to uh, uh, to have a situation where maybe Norman was forced to kill Harry and Spider-Man too <laughs> like he was forced to. Yeah, and that mental snap gives into the Green Goblin.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, could you have like a reversal of the ro- roles from the Sam some from the Sam Raimi movies, where he see where Harry somehow dies because like it, he doesn't have that the venom thing anymore, and that causes him to die from his illness, and Peter, oh Spider Man, is there? with him as he's dying, Norman walks in and he's like, Spider-Man, you killed him. And it's like a reverse of the Sam Raimi films. And then Norman gets that, that lust for revenge, goes crazy, trying to kill Spider-Man, comes Green Goblin that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could, the art is in the execution too, right? On paper, mm-hmm. I would really love for them to just do something completely out of left field and mm-hmm. take risks, but execution is key if they really build up norman's character in this game to where that decision really hits us then sure you know it's to me it's the execution i think it's just interesting you know where they go i mean this could be what if harry dies spider-man has nothing to do with it norman knows that but he still uses his political you know um, mach- machination, so to speak, uses his connections to frame spider man's death oh. on him to help somehow some way fuel the green goblin funding or whatever, yeah, and uh that could show just how much of a piece of garbage Norman is because mm-hmm. he loved his son and he was still willing to use him as a pawn, you know, like, yeah. that'd be that'd be cool i don't i just it's just i don't know i mean but then again what i just said kind of goes against the notion of norman really loving harry and he'll do anything for him but what if that love is more controlling you know like more like i expect you to do what i want you know not more like a genuine love but more like a possessive you know like Mm, yeah I, i don't know like there's a lot that they could do man but that's I think that's more evidence as to why Superior Spider Man will happen in Spider Man 3 because it's uh, going back full circle to the original conflict, which was really between Otto and Norman. Yeah. Reborn as Superior Spider Man versus Green Goblin. And maybe, you know, um, I don't know, man. Like me, I don't know. because,
1: Because Spider Man versus Green Goblin is a fight we've we've seen it done so many times because he's is you know is his main villain so of course we have but it's a way of us seeing that again but making it fresh and new mm-hmm. which you oh, know is good <laughs> it's exciting I, I would love this subversion too what
0: if they killed Norman halfway through the game
1: mm. okay
0: I don't have a reason why or a placement why it's just and and across the Spider Verse, I loved how they turned Spot from a, a joke from a meme, very similar to Electro's arc in Amazing Spider Man 2, To at the end, I'm gonna take everything from you, Miles, and he opens like portals everywhere, and he goes from silly to horrifying, you know, yeah. like that. <laughs> um, you know, there there was like a, a a buildup to to that because he left halfway through the movie right he becomes scary he becomes horrifying you're going to expect him to be the big bad and then he's gone he bounces so you're in a state of like oh my god what's gonna happen you know you're completely thrown off so if you had norman osborne die halfway through the game and that leaks you've still protected your biggest spoiler yeah okay i don't know who they're going to replace it with I don't know why. That's probably a very stupid idea. I don't know. But I think creatively, that would be what I would really appreciate if somehow, some way, Green Goblin was done with halfway through the game and now you have to deal with some more horrifying ramification
1: that ties with mm-hmm. the trilogy. I don't know. Well, that is... I'd love to see him do that. Seeing... Him... By the way i saw something about superior spider-man the comic returning some comic form like, okay i don't know what that Let's is do you about... know what that is no we we we
0: don't have i mean we know like superior spider-man is returning um okay. dan slot is that uh it's not going to be a limited series it's going to be an ongoing series it's going to start publishing or be printed in october um i forget the day. Um. My issue, though, is where the comics or with the games and the movies are truly setting the standard for not just Spider-Man media, but superhero media in general. Mm -hmm. Um, The comics just rest on the laurels of past accomplishments and current movies. I'm serious. What happens when a casual fan watches a Spider-Man movie? They go to the comic book store to try to learn more. And either they're really about it or they're not. That's what happens. So a lot of comics that are sold is literally just off of synergy, brand synergy. Mm -hmm. It's not actually being invested in the story every single week or every single month. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's an issue. So because of that, a lot of the comic industry I feel like is lazy because and the Marvel, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to insult all comic book brands because I, I don't, I, bro. I honestly don't even read a lot of Marvel anymore. I read a lot of Image. That's what yes. I really love. Image um, is where it's at. I would love Image Comics, please. I would love to like network with you guys. Like, can I copyright for you? Can I write emails for you so I can be, you know, my face and then I'll work up to scripts? Like, come on, help me out, Image. <laughs> like, but um, <laughs> no, no, I love Image Comics, but Marvel has just, it's become they're not taking any risks it's recycled it's lazy it's 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 shock value so how do we anger the fans the most to generate the most sales um and it's just toxic all around like the comics just they're decadent they're manchester united resting on past laurels literally yeah <laughs> they're manchester united they're literally manchester united resting on past laurels not doing anything right now everybody else is doing other stuff the movies the, the games they're doing their own thing the comics they're just whatever and it's 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 sad because across the spider-verse is literally a love letter to comics you'd think the mm-hmm. comics currently would be better but the only good spider-man comic right now uh is the miles morales run by cody zegler it's awesome uh, uh misty Night. And the organized crime part of New York is a huge part of this Miles run. So, I've all you've known, bro, for two years I've been saying, I would love to see Miles take on the mob. I would love to see Miles take on more street dark crime. Now we're getting that. He's with Misty Knight. He's, it's implied he's going to be crossing Luke Cage soon, Daredevil soon being a big part of that. Yes. So. This is what the Miles character needs. So the comic is doing great. Like Miles is it's the best time to be a Miles fan. It's literally the best time to be a Miles fan, dude. But I think um my question to you, man, is talking about Superior Spider-Man is what's happening? It's just recycled. How do you fix the comic's Peter Parker? Like, how do you fix that? Oh. Do you even fix
1: that? Like, do you even try to fix that? Like well, the, I think. This maybe isn't a good idea from a uh, making money point of view, but I think he just needs just needs a break before they, you know, sort of start again. Just Maybe just a year, no uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man run. Just take a year off. Maybe maybe it won't affect the sales anyway, because the sales are going down because it's dog shit. But... <laughs> 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 it won't be that bad. Like they're already doing harm to it. What what's having a year's break gonna do? Um, right. Just take a year off, and then really th- have a think about where it's going next. Get a team who actually cares about the character and the story, which you probably would. You'd think they'd do that anyway, but they've just not been. <laughs> uh, and then don- just don't try and do too much like that it's you know it's not hard to tell a good spider-man story cuz he's got so much history everyone knows the character so well and what i would do actually is just throw give robert kirkman a blank check and let mm. him let him rather than you know he's done like one-offs and that let him do a run of spider-man
0: and get a, get, get, get a new editor. Get Ryan Otley as well. <laughs> yeah, and get a new editor. With all due respect, uh, Nick Low, you, yeah. you let's get somebody new. You can you can do good stuff somewhere else. I just respectfully, I just don't think mm-hmm. you're the best fit for this character, considering you didn't even know the names of your own characters on Twitter. Kind of embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Like, I would definitely want other editors on uh, because. Yeah. If Chip Zdarsky doesn't want to work with them, why would Robert Kirkman Basically just
1: get get the Invincible team yes. <laughs> on Spider Man? Because there there is uh, you know similarities. He's a well, Invincible's like a young teenager. He's got the human aspect of him, which is relatable. Peter Parker is, you know, a young guy who goes through human problems. So the, Robert Kirkman obviously understands the character as we've seen before. So just get the team. That just get that team, bring them back together for Spider Man. That's how I'd do it.
0: And, um, would you, in terms of character beat, where would Peter be in his life? Is he married and does he have a kid? Like, what's happening?
1: Um, I'll, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with, with that because, like, um, you know, we nearly had that then we got that very cruelly taken away from us. <laughs> And maybe somewhere like not as comedic as Peter B. Parker in the first Into the Spider-Verse movie, but something like that where maybe maybe where like him and MJ are working, trying to work things out and then it does end, it does have a happy ending, maybe something like that I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, But I'd if they had Robert Kirkman in charge, I'd just I'd trust him with it basically. And
0: yeah, he doesn't miss,
1: yeah, never, never missed. But it does, not it doesn't have to be something you know, wildly out there, like, it just has you know, just a simple story about him, bringing back to you know, round level, you know, fighting, fighting crime, not fighting some weird worm looking guy who turns out to be a dead harry osborne like who who cares about that no nobody wanted that nobody asked for that Um, you know how i would you know how i would write it
0: i would make peter parker like one of those content creators that travel the world oh yeah that's what i would do so i would have peter parker be like a a professor or something or an english teacher where he goes around the world and like you know stays in certain countries or whatever towns for like a year or six months or wherever he's needed and while he's you know being like a science teacher wherever he's at he's also fighting crime and helping out the community there so that changes stuff right because now you establish that miles is new york spider-man okay. two you make peter more of a legendary luke skywalker like figure in the spider-man community like within miles cindy uh, you know, Ben, Kane, they see Peter still around the world helping people. He's going to become a legend. So he's, mm-hmm. in a way, superseded the Spider Man mantle. You know? Yeah. Even though he's still Spider Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then too creatively. You have different challenges, different villains. How Peter interacts in different cities is different because how you tra- use traversal, like web swinging, certain cities might have a lot of skyscrapers. Other cities, it's a lot of parkour and like jumping over you know, walls and stuff like that, and a lot of high rises. So I think having Peter travel the world as a teacher, helping in- 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 impoverished communities all over the world, um, and then facing local villains and helping them out, having it kind of be like this episodic, serialized run But each run is full of heart, really, you know, adds really fun new stuff to the character and is Mm -hmm. an iconic run similar to J. Michael Straczynski's, for example. That's where I would take it. A Peter Parker that travels the world and helps people wherever he goes. Mm -hmm. And kind of make him like a Luke Skywalker-esque figure within the Spider-Man world. That's how I would do it. Um, You know, and this, and finally, I would have him beat the shit out of Paul.
1: Oh, <laughs> right.
0: we, we hate should... Paul here. We
1: what what like is Paul. the point? Why we don't like Paul? Why, I, could, right, I can't remember the name of this TV show, but I remember seeing a clip in this really old TV show like it's from like early 2000s. This kid gets run over by a car and his head gets squished. They need to have that happen to Paul. <laughs> you know,
0: hey man, I would be okay <laughs> with this current run if they just completely retcon it and just make Paul a villain. I'd be like, all right, we forget a terrible run and we get a new Spider Man villain.
1: All right, we'll take a win. Sure. Well, well, make what, Paul a villain. Just like have Peter throw a bagel at his head and then he's like, oh yeah, now I'm a villain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or something more. <laughs> Like this like, would be interesting. Like the spot.
0: <laughs> or, you know, I don't know, maybe give him the Venom symbiote? Oh, no, 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 that's stupid because the Venom symbiote oh. in the comics is good. Oh, yeah.
1: have the, have the, no, give him Venom and have the Venom symbiote just eat him alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. We don't want to see Paul as a meaningful character. We just want to see him burn, but, uh... Yeah,
1: it very, very slowly and painfully where see his flesh just slowly <laughs> drip away. Hopefully we see that in Beyond the
0: Spider-Verse. Please, make this happen. Before we go, let me ask you a final question. We know Miles is coming to live action. It's fairly assumed it's going to be in the MCU. Um, How would you pitch a live action Miles? Let's do that to finish off today's episode.
1: Before I saw Across the Spider-Verse, I was kind of thinking maybe Beyond the Spider-Verse will end with sort of Miles transitioning into live action. But after this film, I don't want that. I just want this story to end, you know, in a nice, you know, sort of rounded way. Um, But I don't know. I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe take a similar... Uh, approach to how the game introduced Miles. So, how uh, Aunt May is, you know, working at Feast. Not, you know, obviously don't do it step by step, but Aunt May sort of introduces uh, Miles to Peter. And then, you know, it's that Peter is mentoring Miles in both his personal life as well as being Spider Man. I think I quite like that. Um but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be around what 2027, 20, 2028, 20, possibly when that film's out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so in- what I'd do what I'd like by then is for maybe that's to be Tom Holland's stepping off point. Possibly. So Spider Man 4 coming out probably two, th- three years away. Okay. And then I'd maybe I'd introduce Miles in if say you're giving Tom Holland another trilogy. I'd introduce Miles in the second one, as you know, sort of a minor character, and then have him fully become Spider-Man in the third one, and you know, really have it being you know a passing of the torch in the third movie. Okay. And then he becomes like the main Spider-Man. I like that. Yeah. Then I. Oh. Sorry. What? One more thing. No, no. Keep oh, going. Keep going. Keep going or you introduce Miles in a sort of the Sony Spider-Man universe in sort of a traditional, sort of, you say traditional, but like the way the Miles stories normally go where Peter dies and Miles is the only Spider-Man in this film's universe and then the, he somehow merges with the MCU, sort of a similar way to, you know, the comics and stuff. Um but I'd yeah I'd I'd prefer my first idea. <laughs> watch watch uh what's your thoughts? Should we I would... should we start another call just for the ending? I...
0: I think we can end it in.
1: Okay, go cool. yeah go. Cool. I
0: I th- so I think uh I think how I would do it is I would take what you said, have Miles introducing to Tom Holland and pass the torch, and then end the live action Miles movie like the Solo Miles movie, make him around. going to be different 26 27 years old as a character okay um make him adult make him have a complete different hairstyle like maybe like dreads or braids or something like that just to visually differentiate the character from the other iterations that we've seen um make him a music producer or or a sound engineer music sound engineer so he's like working at like they can do sony brand synergy because it's a sony film so he's working at sony headquarters or something on their sound design and maybe as Spider-Man, you know, great power because responsibility, he sees a lot of horrible behind the scenes, uh, corporate practices done, like product testing on people, you know, uh, that is illegal, that they didn't truly consent to, you know, you know how like big pharma <laughs> works, you know, big corporations work. So then maybe put Miles in that sector, kind of go away from the sci-fi villains to the more you know where's the money type villains the more corporations stuff like that through his science love where Peter was biology he's more sound engineering and design okay so that's where i would take it yeah i'd and like that. that way you can also keep uh Shamik Moore
1: mm-hmm. yeah he he he, wants to be Miles, yeah? he really wants to be and he obviously loves the character so, I'd, yeah, I'd love that. It's it's a good, it's such a good way to have have him become the live action one, um, and have it make sense because he's far too he's, old to play fifteen year old.
0: <laughs> and he's playing both characters, right? He's playing one version of Miles, and he's playing another version of Miles, similar to Charlie Cox playing one version of Daredevil and another version, even though he's the same actor. He can mm-hmm. do that here too, and he can yeah. change up and push the character in a more fresh direction instead of something that we've already seen. Make him an adult music producer that sees our music sound engineer that sees a lot of horrible stuff behind the scenes and attacks that with his Spider Man powers. But with that, guys, that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so 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 much for listening. This was a blast. We love yeah. the Spider Verse. Um, Ollie, give us your your final rating out of ten for for the movie, man. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give it a 10 billion, you know, like Yeah. I love it. I love it. it Thank you so much. I give Sony.
1: it 42 out of 10.
0: 42 out of 10. I like that. 42 <laughs> out of 10. Thank you.